You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with your dating coach, Trip from TripAdvice.com. Do you struggle with getting girls to like you? You'll learn step-by-step how to talk to girls to create deep connections, whether it be for <laughs> one night of wild fun, a one-week fling. Are you currently involved in a sexual relationship? Or for a lifelong partner. Full of long-lasting pleasure. Here's your host, Trip. Hey, it's Trip here, and you're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast, a big welcome to you. If this is your first time here and you're just like, hey, what's this How to Talk to Girls podcast all about? Well, it's all about helping you get the girl of your dreams and uh, attract that one girl that you've been going after, giving you tips and techniques on how to talk to girls, how to attract them, how to get them interested in you, and giving you the practical information to get there. So a big welcome, and if you want updates on the podcast and you enjoy the podcast, you're learning from the podcast, then subscribe to the podcast so you'll get the weekly uh, automatic downloads and you can stay up to date on all the episodes. So go ahead and do that, and if you like the podcast, like always, please leave a review. That's a very nice thing for you to do. It's a big thank you to me. I read every single review And uh, I would love to hear from you specifically. Yes, you listening right now. So go ahead and do that. And as always, I want to tell you about the free gift that you can get for listening to this podcast. That's tripadvice.com slash podcast dash gift. And there you're going to get a secret hidden camera video of one of my students who I ended up filming and coaching. And he's going to show you some great moves on how to pick up two girls Uh, during the day and you get to see exactly what he does. More importantly, I'm behind the scenes. I'm breaking it down, showing you what he's doing right, what he's doing wrong. And uh, I was, you know, coaching him throughout the whole process. So everything that he did, you can do and you can learn. But go ahead and check that out, tripadvice.com slash podcast dash gift and get that. It's completely free. It's my gift to you. So on today's episode, episode number 13, lucky number 13, We have a special guest. Yes, I'm starting my interview series off, and you're going to be hearing me interview and talk to Scott McKay. Scott McKay, and he's got a podcast also, okay? He's got an amazing podcast. He's been doing this for like since 2007, so what is that, like eight years, something like that. It's called The Chick Whisperer, so go check that out. It's an amazing podcast, and I was a guest on his show a couple of episodes ago, so Uh, If you're listening to this and you're just downloading it and it's like one of the latest podcasts for you, then you'll see if you go to his podcast, him interviewing me. So go ahead and check that out as well and check out some of his other episodes because, again, it's just a great podcast, a lot of great stuff to learn about there. And you can also learn more about him on DeserveWhatYouWant.com, and he's got a free gift too. He does, and it's Female-Persuasion.com, so go ahead and check that out. So he's got a free gift, and you can learn how to uh, be comfortable in front of women. It's like the top 10 ways to be more comfortable in front of women, which is pretty amazing. I think we all want to do that, right? So go ahead and check that out. And without further ado, here is the interview with me and Scott. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Scott. What's going on, man? Hey, Trip, man. Just hanging in there. Awesome. Good to be here. Yeah, happy to have you. Happy to have you. Uh, If you guys uh, haven't checked out Scott's... Uh, the Chick Whisperer, his podcast, I was just on there a few weeks ago, and we just had a great conversation over there, so I'm excited to have him back 
on this podcast, or I should say back, this is the first time, this is our first interview, uh, but we have it's funny because we've known each other, uh, not personally, but for many years when I used to have my old podcast, Dudes Talking About Chicks, and I think, Scott, didn't you say you reached out to me, but I don't know what happened. We were kind of a mess over there. We weren't so organized. You said you reached out to me like a few years ago when I was doing that old podcast? Yeah, man. I was a huge fan of the show. I liked it. I loved listening to you guys talk about chicks, and I wanted to have you guys on my show. And I reached out to either you or your compadre over there, and neither one of you got back to me. So, well, missed opportunity. But you guys, uh, you were on my podcast a few weeks ago, like you said. Went great. Great feedback on it. Awesome. I guys love the show. Awesome. Cool. So, Scott, tell us about you, because some of the guys listening, if they haven't checked out the Chick Whisperer, you know, how did you get started? You know, what's your background? What's your story? Start from the beginning, the way beginning where it all began. Well, I was born at a very young age, which is my favorite joke. And somebody <laughs> asked me that. <laughs> um, I'm stealing that. Actually, it's fine. Right. That's a good one. Um, not original to me, by the way. I didn't make that one up. But uh, anyway, you know, it's kind of strange. I'm not really a natural when it comes to women. I think that actually makes me a really good dating coach because I've had to learn things I've had to learn all the skills in terms of getting better with women, just like a lot of the guys I work with do. I wasn't born with the silver spoon of being a babe magnet in my mouth. Um, unlike my son, little brat, who you know just attracts girls everywhere he goes. Um, but uh, in insofar as I was concerned, it was, you know, I had I had some good times with uh, girls when I was younger and. Uh, had had some success with women when I was a little bit older. But what happened was I went through a really, really rough divorce. Um, everybody told me it wasn't my fault. And uh, I, I was divorced from a woman who turned out to be schizophrenic. So all you guys out there, the first takeaway from this show today is if you're with a woman who is mentally ill, please run away. She's going to ruin your life. And uh, so having been kind of gaslighted and codependent and all these other little cool psychi- psychological psychological terms that you can come up with to, to uh, describe the bad things that happen to people when they're in relationships with people who are mentally ill. You know, I basically was the poster child for all of that. So once I got out of that relationship, everybody was like, you know, hey, Scott, you were the greatest father and the greatest husband, which I was, by the way, damn it. And you know, none of this is your fault, and we're really sorry this happened to you. You know, you're poor, you poor guy with a crazy wife. And, and, you know, I think everybody meant well, but it made me feel like such a victim because, like, when you do the best you can and then get kicked to the curb, it just really makes you feel like you got a big L tattooed on your forehead, you know? And so <laughs> here I am, divorced in this big house with no furniture, feeling like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. You know, I might as well just start typing, you know, all work and no play, make Scott a dull boy over and over and over again. That's what my life felt like. Wait, where does your furniture and, uh, go? My furniture went with the ex, man. So she took it. Oh, yeah. She took it so all of her personalities yeah. can, can enjoy that stuff. Right. That's so I have this big barn of a house with no furniture in it, right? And, uh, you know... She fed me full of Mexican food, so there I am, fat, overweight, in this empty house with all the bills, and I just lost my job at the same time. So I'm looking in the mirror going, dude, you're never going to see a woman naked again, ever, in your entire life. Just, you know, it's going to be, you know, right-handed palm pilot for the rest of your life. How, you how old are you at this point? Uh, probably 34, 35. Okay, 34, and, um, 35. 
you know, first order of business was not to go get women anyway. It was to find a freaking job so I could survive. And so weirdly, though, I figured out online dating existed then. And I don't know how it happened, but somehow I got a, uh, a, a this really hot, sexy woman to go out with me. And it happened like pretty soon after my divorce. And even she was like, oh, you know, that's really bad that happened to you. Really sorry that happened. All I knew was, you know, I didn't like being a victim because you feel so helpless. You feel like, okay, this is going to happen to me regardless of my input in the matter. So right, you have no I, I decided, no, of course you're not in control when you're a victim. Being a victim is the worst. And so I said, you know, I don't want to be a victim anymore. I'm going to, at least for now, pretend this was all my fault and make and do something that makes sure it doesn't happen again. So I decided I was going to learn everything I could about how to turn women on and how women think. You know, regardless of what everybody says about how women are impossible to understand and so forth, I, I was going to break that mold and I was going to figure out what's going on in their pretty little heads. So I started doing that and what do you know? It, it worked. A couple of years later, my friends are like, hey, how are you getting all these hot women? Every time you show up somewhere, you have a different beautiful girl with you. And I was like, well, you know, I've been learning. I've been putting this stuff into practice. And so people started saying things like, you know, you should write a book. And even what happened was I started dating lots of really beautiful and sweet and non-crazy women. By the way, what I did was I just decided one day all women aren't crazy. I'm going to stop attracting crazy women. And that was the day I stopped attracting crazy women. Isn't that just nuts? I mean, it's almost like a plug for the law of attraction or something, which I don't really usually talk about or think about much, but it sort of happened like that. And, um, you know, even girls, even women who I, I was dating when I put them in the just be friend zone because it was time to stop dating them. They were always like, you know, you're really this good guy. You know, you should somehow work with other guys to, to teach them how to treat women. Cause even though I'm kind of bummed, we're not dating anymore. I can't be mad at you. You, you sort of, are this great guy. You, you sort of did everything right. And that was really weird to hear from women who you were breaking up with, but I kept hearing it over and over. Wow. You, and were, you, so, were, you were attracting these girls so hardcore that even when you broke up with them, they were like, cool with it. Like, yeah, it's all, it's all good. You're a great guy. That was one way to look at it. I was just treating them right. I mean, it wasn't like I was kicking them to the curb and screwing them and leaving them and stuff like that. I was really respecting them. And it was you know, either just it wasn't going to end long term with marriage or anything like that, or it was just time to move on or something. But I, I always, I always treat everybody with respect. You know, and I've, I've always actually liked women. Go figure. You know, right? And these I don't girls, see women as sorry, adversarial. Oh, I, I just don't see women as adversaries or the enemy. I, I just really think women are there to be in partnership with us. And you know, when you lead in that direction, it's amazing how. They follow that lead and they're nice to you and do great things for you in return. Um, but, you know, to make this long story just slightly longer, um, I ended up starting a newsletter. And most of the people, the first newsletter I ever wrote on December 4th, 2005 was to 17 people, all of whom were either my personal buddies or women I had dated, all of them. And I, lo and behold, I listened to them. I just started writing a newsletter and I start and I compiled all those newsletters. The first 50 newsletters I wrote, I compiled into a book called Deserve What You Want. Then after that, I started, you know, 
I called Cliffy over at Cliff's List and asked him if I could send him some content. And he was like, why, sure, send it over. And I put it, he put it on the website for me. Um, and uh, I just gave Cliff a Mexican accent even though he's in, in Canada. Did you catch that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that happened. It's still early in the morning, by the way, to those of you who are listening, for both of us. Uh, probably an unusual time to, to do a podcast for both of us, but here we are. Um, and then what happened was uh, he introduced me to Evan Pagan, who's David D'Angelo. And I, next thing you know, I was holding a disc in my hand that said I was a dating guru. So I said, huh, I must be a dating guru. And criminy, nine and a half years later, here we are, blowing and growing. Hundreds of thousands of guys all over the world affected, um, weddings, people meeting the love of their life. And it's just really, really very gratifying. And, of course, the love of my life works with me. I met her just two short months after the first uh, email I sent out to my whole tribe of 17 people. <laughs> and um, she was really cool with what I was doing. And, you know, Emily still works with me today. She is a natural. She is uh, just really gifted at, at giving people advice on relationship matters. So it's just a pleasure to work with her and, of course, to be with her every day. But that's the story. That's amazing. You've been doing this for nine and a half years, you said? Yeah. That's funny because I hear, I hear a lot of, you know, I always get hit up by different guys who want to be dating coaches. And I get people email uh -huh. me and asking me how to do it and stuff like that. And I'm always extremely encouraging. Like, if this is something that someone wants to do, they should do it, you know, go for it. That's what I did. And I didn't get much support when I started. But the the the, the timeline of a dating coach is, I mean, it's so short. Most people don't end up succeeding in this area of being a dating coach. I mean, and you've made it last nine and a half years, which says to me that you're actually getting guys results and that they're, oh, yeah. they're getting a lot of help from what you do. Now, you said a few things interesting that I want to I want to talk about here in terms of your your background. You said you were doing the right things. That was like your exact quote. Like the woman said to you, you were just doing the right things. What are some of those right things you were doing that these women were so into you that even at the point when, you know, you would tell them, "Hey, it's not working out," or you would quote unquote break up with them, that they still liked you. So what what was what were you doing to them? What were you doing with them? No, I hope this doesn't upset the apple cart too much, but uh, I, I think my biggest feather in my cap, once I got the clue after my divorce and I was really doing really well with women, I think the, the biggest thing was I wasn't trying to have sex with – I wasn't trying to get laid. I, I just really liked women. I just love the company of female human beings. I, I have this little saying that I run around with nowadays that you know, guys who – are trying to get laid are the least laid guys I know. If you're just going around trying to get in women's pants, it's amazing how those guys aren't getting in any women's pants. So what I would do is I would go out with women. And first of all, I, I wasn't trying to buy them. I wouldn't, I would go out to the park with them and walk their dog or something, or, you know, take them out for coffee and do something that we could interact and get to know each other. I, I wasn't trying to impress them with, uh, with, dinners and so forth, you know, and that's, we, you know, every dating coach talks about that. So they didn't feel like I was trying to butter them up and that they were going to have to, you know, pay me back with sex or something like that. It didn't feel like prostitution to them. And once I started getting several women in my life, you know, I had lots of women, you know, generally when I met women, I, I met a lot of women online 
And, and that gave me a lot of encouragement to meet women, to, to do more cold approaches and to meet women offline. It's amazing how when you have a few women on your speed dial you can hang out with tonight, you don't really fear the rejection anymore because it's like, you know, no matter what this chick thinks of me, yeah. I got all these other women who like me. So, I mean, you know, she can't be speaking on behalf of everybody. So uh, what happens is, you know, I, I would go out and meet women and they all were personable. They were all very sweet. I, I have yet in my entire adult life ever had what some guys call a hard rejection. And even when I take guys out in field, which, yes, I do as a married guy, um, I've never had any guy I work with have a hard rejection. I mean, some women are very personable. Some women are kind of a little bit shy. But ne- no one has ever said, you know, you're an ugly little twit. Get away from me. And I don't understand how any woman would ever want to go out with you because you're such a loser. No one has ever, like, thrown a martini in somebody's face or anything like that. And so I would just go meet women and I would start conversations with them. And, and treat them like human beings. And on top of that, you know, to, to quote Don Corleone, act like a man, you know, <laughs> I, was, I would be a guy. I wouldn't be this neuter human being who apologizes for being male. I would talk in a male voice and, you know, acknowledge their femininity. And to me, flirting is any, any, interaction between a man and a woman that would feel really awkward if it was between two heterosexual dudes. That's a good way of looking at it. I like that. So, I mean, anytime you're talking to a woman like a guy would talk to a woman, it's flirting and they flirt back. And if you see that, if you see a woman acting feminine towards you, that is masculine, feminine polarity at work. And I, I just learned to see that and I became comfortable with noticing it. And I just love it. I drink it in. It's like a drug for me. I just love femaleness. It just makes me feel so good. It gives me, it takes me to my happy place. So I would go out with these women and I'm just enjoying getting to know them. And I'm just being a guy and they're getting, they're acting more and more female towards me. And so you have a situation where I'm not pressuring them for a sex act. I'm just being a man and that's what I'm calling igniting their femininity. And then they would start feeling more and more female and they would perk up. And the next thing you know, a lot of guys don't realize this, but male-female polarity by itself makes women physically horny. They sit there getting wet across the table from you while you're just being a guy and they're feeling like a girl. Right. You don't even have to push the sex thing. I mean – Pushing this sex thing is such a newbie mistake. And the next thing you know, these women would be like, I can't stand this anymore. If, we, if you don't take me back to your place, you know, how long are you going to make me wait? I, I just could – I had women – I had a woman say to me when I'm on a date, I could just bite you. And I, was, I just burst out laughing. I go, I think that sounds like you're flirting with me. And she goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. I just – so what, you know, <laughs> what are, that, that's amazing. What are some of the things, I mean, as you know, you know, you're yeah. on how to talk to girls, right? That's the podcast yeah, yeah. we're on. So yeah, right. let's, let's dive into that a little bit. So you're talking to them out your masculine. Yeah. So what does that look like? You know, what does that mean? Okay. Bring out your masculine, then bringing out the feminine. Let's, let's dive into that. Let's get a microscope on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, um, you know, th- what I just told you is, is exactly how it worked and i mean next thing you know it's like an eddie murphy routine you know women are just throwing their panties at me or something i mean it just it just sex starts becoming their idea you know it's funny 
Um, and what I did was, first of all, it's respect. It's it's human interaction. Okay. And nobody who's like one of these, you know, slash and burn pickup artist type guys, they don't ever talk about that. It's always a conquest. It's always women are the adversary. Women are the enemy. You've got to notch your bedpost. You, my 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 least favorite term of all is probably build compliance. Like, what the hell is that? I mean, you know, if I'm riding a 1,000 cc crotch rocket on the interstate, and I'm going 55 miles an hour, or whatever the speed limit is, I don't care if it's 70, and I'm going exactly 70 miles an hour, it's probably compliance because there's a policeman following me. Because I, I'm not willing to go 70 miles an hour. As soon as the policeman, you know, gets on the off ramp, I'm gonna, you know, twist the throttle. Compliance sucks. I don't want compliant women. I want willing women. I want women who want this. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, if you, if you go into the interaction trying to build compliance or you're trying to, you know, seduce and conquer and stuff like that, you know, it's not going to get you anywhere. It, it's, you got to treat women like you like women. And if you don't like women, they're not going to like you because they follow your lead. So anytime you're interacting with women, you know, let them talk about themselves. Mix in a little Dale Carnegie, you know, and be interested. Enjoy the sound of their voice. Enjoy how their fingers move when they talk. Um, enjoy how her lips move. Enjoy how she did her makeup and got dressed for this date just for you. And the next thing you know, women are going to be, well, kind of, they're pretty damn perky around you. They're going to they're gonna like the fact that you're appreciating them for a human being. And then what happens is the, the masculine you're talking about. I think most of us as guys want to be guys. I think we want to be masculine. We have things we feel like we want to do. We have a way we want to act. And because of second wave feminism or whatever, we just feel like we have to repress that. It's somehow bad. It's somehow evil. Um, but acknowledging her femininity, simply telling her she looks good or, you know, I really like how feminine you are. Guys ask me all the time, how do you acknowledge her fe a woman's femininity? I go, well, you do it obviously. It's like I like the fact you're a woman. I like the fact you're female. If you want to get really flowery about it, you know, I love your feminine energy, something like that. You can walk right up to a woman in the grocery store and say that. She's not going to slap you. She's going to go, thank you. It's amazing. It's just you have to give it a shot. And then when you're on a date with a woman, don't crowd her. Don't get all up in her chili. Don't, you know. Don't do those things that are just socially awkward. You know, like David D'Angelo used to say, sit back, take up space. I used to go to women, you know, at, at, for breakfast or to even if you do take them to dinner after you get to know them a little bit because, you know, we get hungry sometimes and want to take a woman to dinner. Sit in a booth and sit sideways in the booth. Take up the whole booth, the whole side of the booth. Just take up space. Be comfortable. Open body language. Look them in the eye, you know smile, you know, slow down. Don't be like a starving chihuahua. Be calculated, you know, make decisions, come with a plan. I mean, I had a woman one time, this is one of my favorite stories to tell. She's really kind of an alpha chick and, you know, a boss at work and real quick on her feet. One of those, one of those women, a lot of shy guys really would have a hard time approaching because she's just got a laser tongue and she's funny and she's quick, you know? And, she was saying to me, you know, I can't stand it when guys show up on a date and they don't have any plan at all. Next time a guy sits me in the passenger seat of his car 
and says, where do you want to go? I'm going to say, take me to Walgreens so I can get some tampons, then take me right back home. <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, I think guys who come with a plan based especially on them having listened to her. You know, women harp on, hey, I want a guy who listens. It's not because they want you to obey them. Quite the opposite. They want to be able to trust your leadership. And if you haven't listened to them, you don't know what their best interests are. You don't know what their wants, needs, dreams, likes, or even fetishes and passions are because you just haven't been listening. But if you caught on a, on a conversation on the phone three or four days ago that she hasn't eaten Thai food in a while, well, then, you know, if you like her and you're, you've been going out with her and she's a good girl and she's not a taker, she's a giver in her own right, you know, you might treat her to a Thai restaurant. Then you just put her in the car, say, I got a surprise for you, take her to a Thai restaurant. She's like, oh, it's like you read my mind. No, you listened. All of those things are things guys do when they're good, high-quality men. Another thing is, you know, she needs to – you need to have her, her best interests at heart, which means you need to make her feel safe and comfortable in your presence. You don't have to – there's not going to be any thugs coming to beat her up. You don't have to take a bullet for her on the first date. But she needs to know – she needs to feel secure. She needs to feel safer with you around than when you're not around. One of the things I like, I like is – a lot of times the, the man a woman needs to be protected from the most is the man she's with. I mean, that's a bad situation. Either you represent part of the protection, safety, security problem with a woman or you represent part of the solution. And if you're representing part of the solution, as long as, you know, you know it's going to go great. Guys, really don't, guys don't understand this. They don't understand this part. You only need two things. You only need two things. First of all, is this a male-female interaction? Is she female and am I male? And is that coming through? Is she acting like a girl? Am I acting like a boy? Is there sexual polarity here? One, okay? The next thing is, do we, is this a pleasurable interaction? Do we like interacting with each other? If you've got those two boxes checked, anything goes. It's no more complicated than that. So to me, I think that's kind of like the little, that, that's really the, the, 50,000 foot view of it, but, um, you know, to show up and be a man and be a, be a, a protector, a protecting influence instead of being dangerous or, you know, creepy emotionally or physically, or, you know, and having a plan and talking like a guy, having, being calm, cool, and collected like a guy, like you got this all under control. All of that is, is really going to make women horny. And it's really like, you don't have to worry about what you're saying particularly, especially if you're letting her talk to, you know, about herself. It isn't what you do. It's, it's who you are. It, it's, it's being, not doing. And once you're comfortable in your own masculine skin, that masculinity does all the heavy lifting for you. Right. It's magic. Yeah. So, so you're saying be the protector. You know, and and I, yeah, I saw sure. a few things in there, but what are some other things that a guy can do to show that he's the protector. Because right now we can't, well, like you said, we can't fight off thugs. Like that's not really going to be happening. Like you're going to get accosted, right. you know, uh, by some, you know, hoodlums on the street. But what, what's a way to show them that you are the man, you are the protector? Have you, has, was there anything that you did specifically when you were going on dates with these girls to show that side of you? Well, first of all, anything chivalrous is to that end. 
That's the whole point of chivalry. So all these women who can't stand guys opening doors for them and I'll pull my own damn chair out and keep your damn coat. And yes, I want to walk on this side of the street near the curb. They just don't get it. It isn't that they're weak and can't do it. It's just it makes us feel like men to be in a protective mode with women. And it's not like we have to be hyper protective and keep them, you know, treat them like a two year old. You know, women are capable, with, but all those little chivalrous things you do are indicators. They're waypoints to a woman showing that you know what it means to be a protector as a man. In other words, you know, if it's raining, you bring an umbrella. You, you, you say, wait right here. You get out of the car. And you open up the umbrella and you hold the umbrella over the door and you, and you, and you escort her out of the car. You know, taking – her arm as you cross the street, um, it's funny. pulling her chair out for her. All I, those things are indicators you're a protector. I have a little story about that. So uh, when, yeah. I, when I went on a, 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 one of my first dates uh, with this one girl, you know, many years ago, I remember that uh, it was like, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night. We just came out of this concert. And it wasn't the it wasn't a terrible neighborhood, but it wasn't the best, right? And it was nighttime, and we drove separately. And I remember, you know, my car was parked right outside of the venue, and and she was parked maybe a couple blocks down. And I wasn't even thinking about it. You know, we're kind of at my car, and and uh, I'm like, all right, cool. So we'll, you know, we'll meet back at my place. And she was like, uh, okay, yeah. And then she just kind of started to walk towards her car. I thought nothing of it. And then mm-hmm. later that night, you know, when she drove to my place, she got all mad. She was all upset. I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? What's wrong? And she let me know straight up it wasn't a cool move that I just let her walk to her car all alone, especially at night and not the best neighborhood. And I was like, kind of my mind was blown. I was like, wow, I didn't even think about that. Like that wasn't even a thought in my mind. And going back to what you're saying right now, it's the same idea of being the protector, being the man. And it would have been obviously so much more attractive if I just took that move to walk her a few blocks to her car. Right? That would when have been our postmodern. Yeah, in our postmodern world, guys think women don't want that, that it's an affront to them, that it would be offensive to them, you know, and, and they're expecting a woman to go, go away, I can walk to my own damn car by myself. They're expecting that response from women when in reality, the vast majority of women are not offended by that. They go, wow, this guy actually cares about me, he cares about my well-being. I mean, and think of it this way, what if you're just trying to get in her pants? And you're, you know, hinting at sex and you're trying to get her to go home with you. Hey, let's go back to my place and screw. And then you go, and then she goes, all right, well, I got to walk to my car. It's like, okay, yeah, walk to your car. See ya. And you, and you don't make any effort to even care about her safety as a human being. It right. just makes her feel all the more used. Yeah. No girl Whereas, is going to be offended from that. No, like, how dare you? I can walk to my car mm-hmm. all by myself. That's you, right. You pig. You know, that's not going to happen. One woman I went out on a date with said, you know, the last guy she had gone out with uh, just dropped her off at the at the gate of her apartment complex and said, see ya. <laughs> she walked back to her apartment. It was like one in the morning. And it was like that was so crass to her. It's like, you know, that was so unbelievably crass. And it was like she had a gate, you know, here in San Antonio, Texas, where I live. It's a lot of gated communities. It's like the thing to do. And, you know, rather – She's like, do you need do you need the gate code or anything? No, 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 no worries. We don't have to bother with that. You can just get out here, and I'll talk. I'll call you again sometime. 
And he did. He called her again. He liked the woman, but she didn't want to go out with him again. It of was course. like, well, you know, you're not even going to, you know, it's, it's like it's too much trouble for me to take me back to my apartment instead of walking. I mean, I don't get it. And she was really, really nonplussed by that and troubled by it. And it, it's like, you know, we as guys, we've gotten to this point where we think women don't want men to act like men and they, they want to act like men. And how did we get to that point? It's bass backwards. I mean, women want to be women and they want the men to be men. So if you flip all that around and you're not trying to get in her pants and you're cared about her safety, it's amazing how they get horny for you and want to have sex with you. It's like that's the natural order of things. Right, right. I like that too. See, because I was going to ask you earlier, all right, you know, we got guys listening, you know, who's like, you know, 21-year-old guy, you know, sitting at home mm-hmm. listening to this podcast Hearing us say, wait a minute, so I'm listening to this podcast because I want to have sex with girls and you're telling me I shouldn't have, I shouldn't be thinking of trying to have sex with girls. Like that's a very weird kind of concept, right? It almost could probably get a guy like that, like angry, like how do I focus on something without focusing on it? But I think you just answered it right there. You know, it's like, let's just not focus on that aspect and focus on being the man you know you focus on that and then things start to happen right and then you well, start to get sexual the sexual activity is a direct result of sexual attraction which is caused by masculine female male female masculine feminine polarity so in other words it's a bit like putting the cart before the horse i mean masculinity and femininity are are the catalysts that create this chemical reaction of sexual attraction. And then once their sexual attraction happens, you know, sex happens. So I think a lot of guys are just focusing on sex when the real focus should be on igniting the woman's femininity, making her feel female. And you do that with masculinity. Right. And, and like you said earlier, really enjoying the presence of being around a woman. And I like that you said that because it really connects to me personally because I've always thought that my whole life I've always just loved being around women, right? It's just like it's something that was innate inside of me. I mean, I had a girl best friend growing up. You know, I had crushes on girls since I was back to my, I don't know, uh, preschool years, right? I always had a lot of girlfriends. Now, that caused a little bit of a problem in my early years, because I'd get friend zoned, right? But at the same time, I still appreciated being around women. And that just continued in my later years. And there's something about that, that when you start to appreciate and like to hang around women, you start to become more comfortable around women. And, and again, that's what we're talking about here, you know, with opening up your body language and things like that, giving them eye contact, that's showing that Mm -hmm. you're comfortable around the woman and and she gets so attracted to that she gets so attracted to that fact that you can be around women that i mean that's i think that's part of being an alpha male right that's part of uh showing that masculine side what do you think absolutely and i mean i think probably you know you're you struck a chord with me when you basically describe the avatar of the guy listening to this podcast as this 21 year old guy who who wants to get laid and i that's understandable i mean you know, women are these soft little creatures with nice little warm holes for you to stick your dick in. I mean, it's nice. It's a good thing, you know, and they make cool little noises when you pleasure them and it makes you feel good about yourself. And, you know, they like to 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're really nice to have sex with. I understand that. Um, the thing is, maybe we should put something practical on this to give guys an indication of why what we're talking about works. I don't know how many guys out there are golfers, but there's a very basic tenet to swinging a golf club is. And, and you know, if you go for a golf lesson, this is the first part of the lesson. This is golf 101. Don't try to crush the ball. Don't try to kill the ball when you swing. Don't feel like you've got to swing the club harder and hit the ball harder. Because the harder you try to whip that that uh, club around, the more likely you're to you are to slice it or just barely graze the ball or not get all of it. Because you know, because it, the best way to hit a golf ball is a nice, smooth. Fluid, easy stroke, and bam, you watch the golf ball just fly 200 yards off the head of your club. It's amazing. I love that. I think a lot of guys out there are, are trying to crush the ball with women when it comes to sex. Whereas, you know, just relax and be male and let the club do its work. The club being your masculinity. You know, you kind of beat her over the head with masculinity, I guess. I don't know. But that is such a, that's such a valid analogy. And another way to look at it is... Think about how it feels when a woman is just a total freaking obvious gold digger. I mean, I've been out with women like this. It's like, okay, I want you to take me out here and take me shopping. Let's go on a shopping date. I have guys come to me who who are really, really wealthy, and they fall for it. Women just basically say, hey, I want to go out on a date with you. Take me to you know the mall and buy me a $500 or $1,000 worth of stuff, and we'll call that my date with you. And they'll be like, all right, let's do that. Sounds good. you know. And they're expecting the woman to be impressed, and she walks off with jewelry or whatever and goes, okay, thank you. I mean, how do you feel when a woman just wants you for your credit card? I mean, it, it's, a, it's kind of a dirty feeling. You feel used. You feel upset at her. You don't feel attracted to her. You feel like you're in an adversarial relationship with her because she created it that way. She's just using you for your money. And I mean, it may not just be money. It may be your status. It may be, you know, I know, I know guys who've had women totally use them because the guy has a car and the woman doesn't have a ride anywhere. And and the woman just calls him up and goes, Hey, pick me up and take me over here. I got to go to work. And the guy shows up like her taxi service and she never kisses him or anything. I mean, and it's really sad. But, you know, if you if you're being taken advantage of by someone with an agenda, it doesn't really matter what that agenda is. You don't like it. But if that same woman, you know, bakes you cookies and is nice to you and rubs your back and tells you what a great guy you are and is happy to be with you and is having fun conversation with you and she's lighting up when you're around. It's not going to be long before you have an impulse to buy her a little present or to take her to a nice dinner or spend some money on her. Because we like doing that as guys. We like being providers. A lot of times guys don't like being told that women like guys were providers because it seems like our lot is to you know, offer concession to gold diggers. But that's not what I'm saying. You can provide a solution. You can provide safety. You know, you're the guy who who protects the perimeter and makes sure everybody's provided for inside the nest. That's what men do. And we like that role. It's natural to us. We like doing it. So when women are good to us 
and they're good women and we see value in them as human beings, it's not long before we want to do something nice for them. We want to give to them. We want to provide. We want to buy them flowers. We want to go out on, on, a, on a, a, a dinner date with them, take them somewhere nice, tell her to put on a nice dress, you know, take her to even take her on vacation. And women who appreciate that, we love when women appreciate that. That's all we need in return. And see, that's the way women are with sex. If you come with a sexual agenda, you know, she's not going to want to have sex with you. She's going to feel used like you would feel used if a, if a gold digger was just trying to get you money. But if you act like a man and you're enjoying get to know, getting to know her, women are just as horny as we are. They want sex just as much as we do. They're going to end up wanting to have sex. It might even be their idea, especially, especially, you know, we want to talk about how to talk to women. If you're not slut shaming them, if, if, if you're okay with the fact that they're a sexual human being, then they're more likely to show you that side. I don't know how many guys say they want to get laid and then they go around making women feel like sluts for wanting to be sexual. Or they feel like, wow, you know, she's having sex with me. How many guys is she having sex with? All of a sudden they get to the finish line and they talk themselves out of it. All that stuff goes on. But really – you know, it's all about just mutual respect, treating her like a human being, like you'd want to be treated. It's the ye old golden rule. And then letting the masculinity and femininity do the heavy lifting. That's how it works. Right. So when you're talking to a girl and, you know, because we're talking about getting to know her, right? Because that's, mm-hmm. that's one of the ways uh, to make her feel that you're actually interested in her, right? Which creates some attraction there. So what do you think are some good ways... To get to know a girl. What, what are some of your favorite questions when you're trying to get to know a girl on a date or when you first meet her? Well, when you first meet her, you don't want to talk about religion. You don't want to talk about how many kids you're going to have. You don't want to talk about whether she wants to be married or whatever. The, the first goal is do you two like each other? So I would keep it light. You know, Don't talk about death. Don't talk about your weapon collection. Get her to talk about herself. Say, oh, you know. Talk to me about, you know, where are you originally from? You know, uh, what is it that you like to do? What's your idea of fun? All those things are valid questions. And, you know, you may ask a girl what her idea of fun is and she may say, you know, giving you a blowjob. I mean, it may happen that fast. (laughs) I mean, it has. But I mean, you know, she may talk about all kinds of things. Once you get women rolling, usually they're, they're very good at making sure the conversation goes. Some women are, are very shy. Um, and, you know, it's okay that if you're on a, on, the, on a date with a woman or you're getting to know her or you've just approached her and you're getting to know her and, and she's just not good at conversation or she just doesn't have much personality, guys, that's not necessarily your fault. Just move on. A lot of times guys are trying to create something out of nothing and they're not even enjoying this interaction with the woman. And like I said – that's one of the two boxes to check. It's okay if you don't like her. It's okay if she doesn't isn't much to talk to. I've had women who were very pretty and very sexy, and I really wanted them to have a personality. But man, you just couldn't pry it out of them with a crowbar. How much does and their attractiveness start- go down, by the way, when you find out that they're that they're they have no personality? Like this, like ten is sitting in front of you. She's got no personality. Doesn't she like drop down to a seven or six for you? That's what happens to me. I think it happens like that for every guy. I've asked that when I've spoken at seminars. I said, 
you know, I had one time I, I, I was giving a talk at a seminar and it just, it just struck me to pull the audience. I said, how many, you know, raise your hand if this has ever happened to you. You had this woman you were just admiring from afar and you really wanted to go out with her. And you, you, I mean, you were just hot for her. You finally get to go out on a date with her. You know, your wildest dream is materialized. You go out with her and within 40 minutes, you can't get out of there fast enough. There's not going to be a second date. Every, every guy in the room practically raised their hand. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's exactly. amazing. Yeah, when I was in college, yeah. I remember I was uh, I ended up getting this one girl who was absolutely a nine or a ten, beautiful girl. I was even shocked because I wasn't that good at meeting girls at that point, but somehow I attracted right. this girl. You know, it's college; like girls are just uh, I don't know. I don't want to say they're just a little more open minded. You know, it's a lot different when you get out of college. But either way, we end up sleeping together, and the next morning, I wake up and I open my eyes. And I'm looking at this beautiful girl, and I'm like, wow, this is incredible. And some of the first words out of her mouth were, so, have you seen any good movies lately? Uh, No joke. That was the first thing out of her mouth when we woke up. And it was so awkward, and it was so just like a weird thing to say. And I just noticed like, oh, wow, she's, she's kind of ditzy. Like, she's not that smart. She's kind of awkward. She's kind of weird. And I never saw her again. And I could have, too. I don't say that out of ego. I mean, I could have slept with her again if I wanted to. You know, we always hung out in the same social circle. But I just couldn't get myself to do it because that morning was so weird. And I got to know her personality. And it just it just dropped her. You know, it just dropped her down to a girl that I just wasn't <laughs> attracted to anymore because of how weird it was. That poor girl had no idea what happened. No idea. No idea. And then she I got didn't into know a rela- what happened. Yeah, I know. And then I got into a relationship a couple months later. And then she... She hated me for it, but I'm sure. But either way, uh, that's brutal. I mean, you're brutal, dude. That's that's hardcore. I mean, I, it must have been a little more awkward than just the example you gave. <laughs> she, she asked you. No, and, that was it. You know, was she just... asked you. Go ahead. She asked you about any movies you've seen lately, and you're like, dude, that's creepy. I'm not. I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> it was just brutal. so weird. It was like in the morning, like that was the question she's gonna ask me. I don't know. Maybe I'm picky, but I was like, have I seen any good movies lately? I'm like, we just had sex last night. I'm like, yeah. is there anything like, I don't know. It was like, so it was like almost too superficial for me. It was just kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. And the way oh, she it said weird. it, I don't know. I don't know. I was also younger then. Maybe if it happened now, I would have laughed it off. You know, maybe my, my I've changed. So who knows? But, but it, it, the point is, is it's her personality that turned me off and right. didn't want me to see, you know, I didn't want to see her again. Oh, the least she could have done is asked you if you had an extra toothbrush first. I mean, you know, <laughs> first things first. All right, so Scott, let me ask you something. We're going to wrap up here uh-huh. soon. This has been a great interview. Lots of great cool. takeaways. I think this is, awesome. uh, you know, been really good for, for the guy who is listening who can, you know, understand more about how to be comfortable in front of women and how to, you know, dive into your masculine self, which is maybe something, if you're listening, you've never heard before. And don't, you know, don't feel bad about that. I... I learned that stuff so late in the game, it's it's crazy. Uh, but mm-hmm. let me ask you this. If you can name just one of your biggest aha moments throughout the course of you learning this stuff, you know, when you were starting to to get good at attracting women, I mean, from the point where, you know, all right, now you're, you're, you divorced your wife who was schizophrenic, you're all alone in this house, up into the point where it's starting to work for you, you're getting dates. What was one of the biggest aha moments for you that took you to the next level in terms of understanding and, and, and being able to attract women? 
I can I can name the biggest aha moment. And again, for Mr. Frustrated Guy who's not having any success with women, he's going to throw rotten tomatoes at me for this, okay? So before I reveal it, I've got to say to that guy, listen, I've been you before. I've been the guy who was on this incredible losing streak with girls and was frustrated and lonely and masturbating and not touching anything really female. I, I know what it's like. I understand. Okay. Therefore, it, it made this an even bigger aha moment for me. Okay. And, and it may be for whoever's listening. It's simply this. Most of us who are dateless, who don't have any women in our life, are that way by choice. Because we say things like, women don't want to go out with me. I can't get any women to go out with me. And we're not asking them out. We're not giving women the opportunity to decide for themselves whether they want to be with us or not. We're assuming they don't. I hear from guys, you know, I can attract women I'm not attracted to all day long. But, you know, as soon as there's a woman I actually find attractive, it, it goes to hell in a handbasket. She doesn't like me. Well, it's because we fear the rejection or we fear bothering her or something like that. If you want me to sum this up in, in one phrase, it's, you know, women are incredibly easy to go out with and have sex with. All you have to do is really act like a normal male human being and say, Hey, you know what? I, I like, I like hanging out with you. We should. She'll go, okay. You know, if you're all wadded up, I mean, I've had guys go up to women and go, you don't want to go out with me, do you? And she goes, no, I don't. Okay. Well, see all these women hate me. <laughs> That's basically how they do it. The aha moment, the, the aha realization is if you ask these women out, they usually want to go out with you. They'll usually give you a chance. Now, if you're stinky or you're creepy or you have a real problem, you got to take care of that. All right. But for normal guys, guys who there's no reason why they shouldn't have a girlfriend. Like if people are telling you, how come you're single? And you're like, oh, I don't know. Or you, you know that this is resonating with you. You're not really asking women out. The tr it, it, you're go Once you get comfortable asking women out, you're going to realize a lot of them will go out with you. And once you just let them be women and you treat them with respect like we're talking about, it's amazing how horny they are. It's amazing how much they want sex. And once I figured that out, it was like a veil got lifted. It was like, you know, girls like men. You know, women like men like we like women. So if you present yourself to a woman as a man, it's like, oh, look, there's someone from the other gender. You know, people from my gender have sex with people with that gender. It just happens naturally. So you start interacting with women as if they're women and you're a man and you just watch things develop. And then you can say, hey, Let's go spend some time together. She knows you're a male and she's a female and spending time together may involve, you know, sexual polarity, which may involve horniness, which may involve sex. And, and she's okay with that. We're the ones as guys who aren't okay with that. We're the ones who freak out. 
So, yeah, I mean, the biggest aha moment was like, you know, just freaking ask her out and let her make her own decision about you. And it's amazing how many women you end up with your, in your life once you start doing that. And once you have a few women in your life, you don't worry about the one who doesn't want to hang out with you anymore because she's the anomaly. She, you know, well, if, okay, let's say five women don't want to hang out with you and three do. You still don't care because the three want to hang out with you. You know, you've had the need met in your life. You've got women. That was it. That, that was the biggest realization, that I was in my own way. So to bring it full circle, is it safe to say, take that golf club and just freaking swing it? Well, don't beat the hell out of the ball. Just nice, no, smooth stroke. But, but yeah. make it happen. Move the golf club. Move it. Move the golf club. Right. Yeah. I'm not, you know, guys are saying, I don't, hell, I'm not even going to play golf because I might whiff the ball. Exactly. Exactly. So take yeah. the shot. Take the shot and go for it. it. Yeah, once you hit a few golf balls down the fairway, you know, you don't even think about whiffing anymore. <laughs> right, and then you'll get lucky and sink the, your ball into a hole. No pun intended, huh? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> bad joke. No, probably exactly like that. It's, it's a brilliant analogy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Scott, thanks for being here today. This has been a great, Let's... great interview, and uh, uh-huh. I, w- I want guys to check out your podcast as well. And you've been doing it for how long? How long has the podcast been going for? Well, we started out in 2007. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't post new episodes at quite the rapid clip that you do. You know, you're just you're you're crushing it out there with new episodes. But um, if guys want to check out the podcast, it's called the Chick Whisper. It's on iTunes. It's in the same category as this one. Um, it's got a blue and white cover with a girl on it. Says the Chick Whisper. You can find it. Um, and I appreciate all the reviews you can give especially if they're good ones. We need um, all the reviews we can get. So um, and go, go listen to the podcast. Go, up, go ahead and dial up the one with Trip. You know, it was, it was either this, this episode or a couple episodes ago. And uh, that might be a good place to start. And uh, enjoy. Enjoy. It's free, of course. Awesome. Yes, they are. And where can they find you if they want to learn more about you and, and uh, your services and products and things like that? Well, um, what I would do is I would send them to a place where they can get on my newsletter list and get a free special report that's going to be awesome that they're going to enjoy that is once again free. And um, that would be at www.female-persuasion.com. Awesome. So that's female-persuasion.com. And if you're listening to this – Female-persuasion.com. If you're listening, we're going to put that in the description. So check out the description and you'll get the link to that as well as uh, other information on Scott and the Chick Whisperer. So uh, you can get all that there. So Scott, thanks again. Appreciate you taking the time to do this in the early morning. And, uh, (laughs) you know, hopefully we'll do something again in the the future and and do some more stuff because I I feel like I cut you off. We got so much more to talk about. Uh, so we'll, we'll do more in the future. So thanks again. Yeah, man. You know, it's, it's something we're both passionate about. So we can, you know, time just flies. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks so much. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and write a review. Over 18 and want a question answered on the podcast? Email all your questions to trip at tripadvice.com.